you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. We have some breaking news, Lindsay. Breaking news. It has nothing to do with Georgia or Nevada or Pennsylvania. It's that at the oh, top Arizona. of Us Weekly or Arizona. Uh-huh. At the top of Us Weekly, happiness begins. Kevin and Danielle Jonas's relationship timeline. Stop. No, not the cover story. Not the cover. It's just like at the top of the Us Weekly news. Oh, okay. Feed. I was like, oh my God, the cover story of Us Weekly is not Danielle Jonas and her husband. Like there is no fucking way they would run out of. That would be truly the end. Usually those stories mean there's an update. They have not done anything this week or today. Everyone is focusing on CNN. <laughs> And like all of the news channels right now. So nobody's looking at the tabloid. So it's like, just publish what we got. Kevin Jonas yeah. and Danielle Jonas's relationship timeline, dream wedding, reality TV and more. That just works. Just throw it at the window. Somebody's <laughs> out there who's got to be like not paying attention to this. That's going to want to know what Danielle Jonas and Jojo, uh, D- uh, Nick, jo- Kevin, jo- it's Kevin. It's, it's Kevin's Kevin. wife. Yeah. It's Kevin. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. You know what's after that? The exclusive that was published just underneath the Kevin and Danielle Jonas? No. What is it? Exclusive. Imagine Dragons Dan Reynolds inside a day in my life. Uh, this is what we have today. This is election week celebrity news. I'm sorry. Who? I'm sorry. Which? I'm sorry. I'm supposed to distinguish between the dragons. No, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to distinguish between the dragons. Do you remember I briefly stand them? I was his biggest fan for like a maybe a half hour. A very good, at least a half hour, perhaps Like an hour. you did it for a bit. I know you were doing a bit. I watched the documentary and I was like, oh, they're sweeties. And then it was like, I can't listen to this music. <laughs> I can't think about Imagine Dragons without thinking about like this tweet that I once saw that was like, I don't even remember what the tweet was, but it was like, Imagine Dragons. Like it, it made it. So it, now I think about it. It's like somebody saying like, Imagine dragons you know not oh as if it's a command yeah like <laughs> you like you think I see bugs you are good imagine dragons or like something like that and now i look at it like that like a weird dangling modifier what do they mean did we ever look that up no we don't need to we don't i hate how google like pays attention to what you just searched because i searched imagine dragons wiki and it came up and then i typed in why are they and then the, it filled in called imagine dragons <laughs> no <laughs> it did it did it knows it i don't did. care why they're called imagine dragons 
It's an anagram made from letters of different words, but the band have made it a point to keep the words secret. So we'll never what? know what, what Imagine Dragons stands for. We're actually, we've sworn a blood oath between the four of us, literally a blood oath. And, you know, people think they don't do those anymore, but we do. And, uh, and we haven't even told our mothers. You are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. We're going to get started with some comments. We got I, we got a ton of calls about this guy, so I'm just going to play. Hello. I just sort of picked one at random. Okay. Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, medium time, medium time. I just had to pause the pod because you were talking about um, the the recent Bachelor breakup news. And uh, they actually broke up several months ago because Garrett is a huge asshole. I know, buddy. Um, like a huge, like blue lives matter, like anti-trans, like he is not a good guy. Um, but to keep the engagement ring that Garrett gave Becca in the finale of her season, I know, sorry, my son is eating breakfast. Um, to keep the engagement ring, they had to be together for two years. And so he started posting his bullshit online even more you know, right, like, a month before they hit two years. So she had to stay with him, stay with him, quote, unquote, for an extra month. Um, But she broke up with him, you know, a couple of months ago because of his being just a terrible human. Um, And then he went Instagram official with this this new bitch that nobody really cares about because he's, a, again, a horrible person and she is way better off without him. Uh, but we did not find out that they broke up via this new Instagram relationship they broke up a while ago. Anyway, uh, crunch, crunch. Uh, women don't belong in balloons. You're telling me that this bachelor guy is bad? Ugh! <laughs> 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 I sound like her baby. <laughs> oh, the baby. The baby screaming. So I looked up some of the posts, and yes, they are bad, but this particular line from, what is this website? Gchi.com. Yeah, just sure. really, Just really gets right down to the bottom of the problem here with this sentence, because it really is like, oh, well, what do you mean by problematic? Like, what sorts of things did he post? And here's the sentence. During her season, some of his social media activity resurfaced where he liked transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic, and racist posts. He also liked a post that made a mockery of the Parkland shooting. Oh, no. This guy's like, he's like looking for offensive things. This <laughs> yes. is not even, yeah. And I didn't know the thing about the two-year ring loan. No one told me that. I mean, I, I just don't either. know much and, about The Bachelor, but yeah. But, you know, The Bachelor is such a scam now that it's like... It's not just being on the show that's part of the scam. It's years after that's part of the scam. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fact that these people are able to ride waves of fame post-Bachelor, they know they have like a locked in at least like few two months. Years. They're like, how do I, right, I mean, as long as two years, but they have to keep your attention and it depends on how well they do, how far they went, you know, whatever, like the, if they went the proposal, you know, it's like they make plans to stay in the public conscious mm-hmm. at no expense, you know, like whatever it takes, right? Yeah. If you are the type of person who wants to be on The Bachelor, you are also the type of person who is willing yeah. to put in two years of work to stay famous. Like it's not hard for these people because that is the personality type. If at one point The Bachelor was more of an authentic experience of people going on because they genuinely wanted to find love, now that is no longer the case. 25 mm-hmm. seasons later, 
the 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 archetype personality for this is somebody who wants in on the economy of bachelor alum who mm-hmm. kind of are able to make money and be influencers and date each other and you know kind of like ride that little tiny wave that that tiny wave that ripple wave as long as they possibly can that's why i find the show like kind of boring at this point because no matter what twists and turns it takes they all get dumped in the same tide pool of like yeah. leftovers and it's just like ugh, more of these people you know what and i mean the same little like micro economy yeah it's- yeah and it's kind of like boring if you think about the big picture which we do because we have this show you know yeah. it's not as fun and then the only truly interesting person there were i guess two it it's rachel Lindsay because yeah. she was the first black bachelorette and she's like yes smart and has a podcast and and talks about these things on her podcast and has actually said like in very in ways. smartful and thoughtful things yeah that's very true <laughs> smartful <laughs> <laughs> okay but but then also i think i think the claire crowley Again, as someone who doesn't watch much Bachelor, I think that she's also interesting because she's like, you know what? No, fuck this. I am here for love. Like, I'm sure there's a little self-promotion there, too. Like, she's doing this for attention. Right. But now it's right. A lot of people are now twisting the narrative in new ways. Like, maybe the the ultimate twist of all is to be a smart person, a smart, well-adjusted person. But the question is, if you're a smart, well-adjusted person, would you go on The Bachelor? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just funny that, like, that's the first person who sort of captured my attention since Rachel Lindsay because she's like, no, I fell in love with this person and I'm going to torpedo my season because I want to be in love with this person. Like, I want to be with this person. If coronavirus wasn't enough, I'm going to figure out a different way to also fuck up the season, (laughs) which is true. And I haven't even really been watching, but I am not sure if the twist has come yet where they're all like... I think it just came. It just came where they're like, oh, we... This this bitch doesn't even like us. We're leaving. And then they're like, I'll leave. (laughs) Like what? Like We're did you leaving. just get like tested and isolated for this? Next call. Uh, hi, long time, long time. Well, um, I feel like I call you once a week, but this week you were talking about Liam Payne's uh, Christmas song "Naughty List," and yeah, it's pretty bad and probably pro-Trump, but I don't think it's as bad as the Christmas song he released last year, which I am not kidding you. It's called "All I Want" (parentheses) for Christmas. It's not a cover. It's just his own song called All I Want, parentheses, for Christmas. Um, love to hear your thoughts on this. And also, you, you have to watch the lyric video. It looks like it looks like art I drew when I was, like, 12, like, fan art with a wolf. It's Just watch it. Please watch it. Um, yeah, he does not give Mariah a run for her money. Um, yeah, me, me at home. How dare he release a song that is all I want for Christmas? Uh, Just play it. Just play it. A little bit of it. If we can make it through December, maybe we'll make it through forever. Cause all I want for Christmas is you and me to fix this. All I want for Christmas is you and me to fix this. All right. <laughs> then why would you call it all I want for? I just, I I understand that it has similar lyrics to all I want for Christmas is you. Like I get that all I want is similar, but why would you call your song the same name as like the number one pop Christmas song that is not like a traditional hundred year old 
song. He's an That's idiot. <laughs> insane. Yeah. It's terrible. And this song, I have to say, also is Republican. I don't know how. I just know it is. I just feel <laughs> it in my heart. If all I want for Christmas is you is Democrat, this song is a Republican. Sorry, that's just how it is. It's a two-party. We have, unfortunately, we have a two-party system. We have a two-party Christmas song system. Hi. Um, what do you say? Long time. First time. Um, I don't know why this inspired me to call. I literally just listened to like the first two minutes of the podcast. I'm feeling chaotic. I'm sorry if you can hear noise in the background. I live in Florida, but I also have cramps and I have on two heating pads. So the AC is on and I'm right next to it. Sorry. Um, um, I waited too long to get into this. Fuck. Uh, Allie and AJ. Okay. They are iconic. I know you're like, oh, I didn't know that this was Allie and AJ. I only knew because it said on their profile. But some of us are cuspy millennial Gen Z. And Allie and AJ is iconic. They have been busy recently. And they have great music. And I highly recommend you check it out. And I feel very passionate about this. And I will tell everyone that Allie and AJ is iconic and you are being rude <laughs> to these women. Because they're iconic. I said iconic five times. I'm sorry. I have to go. Bye. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Bye, Aluronic Acid. Okay, bye. <laughs> One of bye, my favorite Aluronic calls in a long time. It has every element of a call that I like, which is like a really long preamble about nothing. So now that I c- you set the scene, you're like two heating pads and an AC in Florida. Love that. And then you mm-hmm. defend something <laughs> because you're cuspy millennial Gen Z. You give yourself the excuse for defending. You say iconic 12 times. That's a great, that's just a fantastic call. Your argument is as strong as our arguments typically are, which is that Ali and AJ are iconic because they are iconic. They are iconic because they're iconic. And how dare you not <laughs> think they're iconic because they are. And my argument is that they're not iconic. Because they're not iconic. Because they're not iconic. <laughs> this next fun fact, however, is iconic. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, did you know that Ali and AJ are like best friends with Saoirse Ronan? Ever since um, AJ was in the, the Lovely Bone, um, they made this movie called Weep Away for Now back in 2015 that um, kind of went nowhere, premiered at the L.A. Film Festival, uh, and Saoirse does a voice in it. I haven't seen it, but, um, yeah, there are, uh, if you look, there are, like, red carpet pictures of them all together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of... So, Weep Away For Now, it's spelled W-E-E-P-A-H, Weep Away For Now, uh-huh. not Weep Away For Now, but Weep Away For Now. Allie and AJ play sisters in of it. Of course they do. What else would they play? Their names are Elle and Joy. Sure. Elle and Joy. And then Sersha plays their other sister, who's dead. What? Yeah, and she's just the voice of the dead sister, Emily. Uh-huh. Hi, this is Future Bobby. I'm just chiming in really quick to say that I was like, I have to find out more about this movie. So I found it. It's streaming free on IMDb TV right now. I was like, I have to hear this narration. Sersha narrates the opening, and I'm going to play it here. You can hear her American accent. It's nice. If you're ever tucked inside Laurel Canyon, this is the street my two sisters used to live on. First of all, I will never be tucked inside Laurel Canyon, but go on. My name is Emily, and I was born without a heartbeat. I'd have been the middle sister, right between Elle, the oldest. 
and Joy, the youngest. I did forget that Allie and AJ do have acting careers, too. Mm-hmm. They act. I'm not sure which one is Allie's and I zombie. One. I know one of them acts more and has been in more stuff. They both act just about the same amount, which really? is enough. That's, that's funny. They're really lumped in together. Like, I'm sorry, Allie and AJ are best friends of Saoirse Ronan? They sort of make a special appearance later on in this episode, and I wasn't expecting it. And based on these two stories, it looks like if you are friends with one of them, you are friends with the other one. They they are a unit. Like, yeah. they're, they're a friend unit. Right. Okay, we can move on. Bobby, where was your review of Mona Lisa Smile? I waited with bated breath the entire episode for you to talk about it, and, and I'm love disappointed. I need to know your thoughts on it. Also, I paid two ninety nine over the weekend to watch it so I could be ready for your review. Um, but as I watched it, I was like, oh, my gosh, there are, like, two Huey actresses in the background. I don't want to spoil it for you in case you haven't watched it yet, but I was just like, oh, my God, it's her. Oh, my God, it's her. All right. I can't wait for you to talk about it. Please talk about it. Watch the movie. All right. Love you. Crunch, crunch. Hi, again. I just called about Mona Lisa Smile a minute ago, and I realized that in my sign-off, I said love you instead of love the podcast. That was creepy. Crunch, crunch. No, I loved it. I loved it. That's like when you say, like, love you to, like, you're, like, calling someone to, like, help. You know, you're, like, calling Geico to, like, re-up mm-hmm. your car insurance. And you're, like, okay, love you, bye. And they're, like, oh, and you're, like, and they're, like, and you're, like, and you just hang out. <laughs> yeah, so you watch Mona Lisa Smile. I watch Smile. Mona Lisa the, Smile. The two women in the background are Kristen Ritter and somebody else who I forgot already. If you say it, I'll know it. it I think it's Lily Rabe because. It is Lily Rabe. It because Lily Rabe. when those were the two people where I was, like, huh? Because they never say a word. They're just like there. Right, they're like kind of like background. They're yeah. like they're one step above background actresses. Two steps above background actresses is how I would describe Jennifer Goodwin, who is also in this. That's so rude. She has a full plot line. It's not as good as the other plot lines. But she's you, she she's necessary. You got to have her. She plays the same character in every single fucking movie she's ever been in in her whole career. So I loved. I went into this on the Patreon accidentally. It just sort of came up. So I, I'll try not to be redundant, but. The point is, I loved it. And the other point is, I was somehow surprised by how much... I, like, I knew I would like it, because how could I not? It gave Bobby an actual existential crisis. Where <laughs> A bit if of he had seen, If he had seen it earlier, what would have happened to his life? Truly could have been, as Lindsay said, a sliding doors moment for me if I had watched this in December 2003 when it came out. What would have happened? I don't know. You would have studied art history at Wellesley? Well, not what you can't... Well, uh, at... At uh, well, Mount Holy, no, you can't go there. What, uh, what I'm saying and, uh... is, I maybe would have applied to liberal arts schools. Number one, I would not have gotten in. Number two, I probably never would have chosen to even go to one of them. But it would have really, like, I don't. Who knows what have what would have happened? Yeah, if you if you. I think that me seeing Mona Lisa smile in 2003 would have been a significant enough event in my personal development. That I would not be here. Okay, on this okay, podcast. okay, 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 okay. I may be, you know, somewhere in Burbank pitching Mona Lisa Smile too. Mona Lisa Smile again. Hey, I, I still see that as your future. I don't think. I don't think that could be. I don't think that's an alternate future. That could be the present future. There's still time to make Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa, smi- Mona Lisa smile two again. smile again. <laughs> Mona Lisa two smile again. She smiles again. It would be great. Just set it t- t- twenty years later, and all you the women what? have grown up. <laughs> Do you know what this reminds you of? Did you ever see the, you know, the movie Pop Star? Yeah. Yes. Do you, do I've you never seen, seen it, bo- but I've, I I know. You it. haven't seen Pop... We're doing I know, this. don't. Fuck, we're doing this again. You haven't seen Pop Star? No, I know. It is like the funniest movie. Anyways, there's a bonus song that didn't make the movie Pop Star called Mona Lisa. And the concept of the song is that he goes all the way to see the Mona Lisa. And he's like, this bitch is ugly. And the whole song is <laughs> 
mean. It's just about how ugly he thinks Mona Lisa is. Can you play a clip of it there so I don't sound crazy? Mona Lisa, the original basic bitch. Travel thousands of miles to see your beautiful smile. Talk about a bait and switch. You agree. Which one are you? Are you Betty Warren, a.k.a. Kirsten Dunst? Are you Joan, a.k.a. Julia Stiles? Are you Giselle, a.k.a. Maggie Well, they're all archetypes. Connie? Yeah. So which archetype are you? It's like Sex in the City. It's like, are you Samantha? Are you Charlotte? I know. That's the game we're playing. I think everybody wants to be uh, Maggie, Mm -hmm. thinks they're Maggie, thinks they're, they're, you know, the freewheeling, smart one, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the the liberated one. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I think everybody is more of the Kristen Dunst, Kirsten Dunst character. But mm-hmm. she goes through a change. She goes through a profound change. They, so go it's through, they all go through a profound change, yeah. I don't That's know. Who are you? So Do you good. feel like you have an answer to this? I feel like I might be a combination Joan, as in Julia Stiles, slash oh. Catherine Ann Watson. I feel like I'm partly Mona Lisa Smile herself. Your Mona Professor Lisa Watson. smile? I feel like I might be a Julia Roberts. Uh, maybe oh, a Julia you Roberts you meets can't take this out of Marcia the box. Gay Harden. Fine, I'm oh, Marcia Gay Harden. This... I'm Marcia okay. Gay Harden, fine. Okay, fine. So in, in the <laughs> in the game that you invented in which you're supposed to be one of the girls, you are Marcia Gay Harden. Great. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense completely. Uh-huh. Hey, Who Weekly. Um, medium time, medium time. I was just listening to you talk about Rita Ora and her alleged plane seat. Um, and I had to stop the pod to tell you that the reason that they have to say alleged plan seat is because a couple, oh God, I want to say weeks, but maybe it's like I'm over a month now. Well, like a little while ago, there was like this big TikTok drama of uh, TikTok or Instagram models paying for like fake private jet sets. So like they would go take photos on this like in this room, I guess it was set up to look like a private jet, so it looked like all these girls were going on private jets. So now the Daily Mail can neither confirm nor deny if she was on a real jet or just in a just on set, you know, taking pics through the gram. Anyways, um, women do belong inside. Crunch, crunch. Yeah, I'm not surprised that people pay $64 an hour to pose in a fake airplane for the photos. I mean, I would pay $64 an hour just to sit in an airplane to have like that feeling of excitement like I'm going somewhere. This is a whole <laughs> new... I wouldn't even post it. I would just be like, ooh la la, like hand me a bag of peanuts, like open the marketplace. Where's my tomato juice or whatever I get on the plane? You know, like I would just have that like thrill of maybe being transported somewhere. I'd pay $64 an hour to get in a fight with someone in front of me who tries to recline their chair oh only to God. hit my knees and discover that they can't recline it further because my knees are in the way. Yeah. What a I love that you. moment. I love that yeah. moment. $64 what an a, hour. Well, just one hour. for you. Good. Yeah. It'd be good. I'd no, pay it's... $128 an hour to browse the JetBlue marketplace. I was going to say, like, we should buy, um, <laughs> we should go to Costco and buy a bunch of small packs of Cheez-Its and just eat them one by one as to, as to you know simulate being on JetBlue airplane. Yeah. You know those like free libraries, like little free libraries uh-huh. that people put in front of their houses? Oh, we should put snacks in them and then we should put like one the JetBlue between, marketplace? Between your apartment and my apartment, yeah. right in the middle, we should put <laughs> <laughs> a free library and it's just Full filled with JetBlue juice. marketplace. <laughs> little tomato juices. Little cheese. Little oh my god, oh, little little ginger. Little uh little, 
Oh my god! Little ginger ales, little little Terra <laughs> chips. Oh wow! And uh, the what are the what are the chocolate chip cookies they have on the JetBlues? It's not Famous Amos. Is it Famous Amos? No, it's like no, it's not Famous Amos. It's something else. Jay, they released a press release about it. Belgian boys, mini Belgian dash, <laughs> chocolate chip. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's what we're gonna do. Somewhere yeah. in Bedside, there's gonna be yeah. So there's look gonna out be a... for you'll think it's for books, but it'll have <laughs> JetBlue approved snacks in it. All the terror chips are always gonna be gone. Always gonna be gone. They don't understand how important the marketplace is to people, you know. Yeah. Okay. Last comment. We don't do. We still get a lot of name blindness calls, but I had to play this one because of a realization that I had. Okay. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, long time, long time. I had to call because no one else would appreciate this, but after listening to today's episode, I realized that when you were talking about uh, Trace Lissette, I wondered, oh, I wonder if what Carrie Coons dressed up for for Halloween, since I assumed, like, Trace Lissette did the donut, Carrie Coons probably did something couple and then realized for years I've been confusing Trace Lissette and Tracy Letts. So, yeah, thanks. Bye. Confusing Trace Lissette with Tracy Letts is like an incredible thing to have been doing because <laughs> did you think that like Tracy Letts was involved with like Pose on FX? Like, <laughs> did you think that Trace Lissette was in like Little Women, like playing the publisher? Like, I don't under not the these people both have the range, I would say. Like, they both yeah. definitely have the range. I just like this is a really wide range, you know? Mm-hmm. I will say I could see them both as married to Carrie Coon. I could see them both as married to Carrie Coon. Yeah, totally. That's true. Yeah, totally. totally. I could totally see that. I really wouldn't want Tracy Letts involved with Pose, you know? Like, he can stay away from no, there. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I would love if Trace Lissette was involved with Little Women, but, you know, she just really wasn't. She just wasn't. So what I realized after doing this was, it's funny, not only is it name blindness, there's an anagram involved. I wiggled some letters around. Trace Lissette is an anagram for Tracy Letts. E. <laughs> Which is what I said when I saw Tracy Letts at the Little Women premiere at MoMA. <laughs> I said, Tracy Letts. E. <laughs> he was standing with Carrie Coon, who had a weird haircut, so I didn't even recognize her. That's mm. how iconic she is. She literally camouflaged into the night for me. So the last thing I'll say about Trace Lissette, who, again, was a donut for Halloween, is that her upcoming, her next movie that's in post-production right now is called Venus as a Boy. Okay. I know very little about this, but I can find uh-huh. the cast on INDB. Listen to this cast. Just some uh-huh. random pulls from this cast. Bai Ling. Love it. Olivia Colpo. What? Trace Lissette. Huh? And Estelle. As in that Wait, Estelle. Estelle, like American boy? As American boy Estelle. Yes, American boy Estelle. American boy Estelle is in the same in a movie with Byling, Trace Lissette, and Olivia Culpo. Olivia Culpo, who's like mm-hmm. not even in movies? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, can't wait. Can't wait. We'll be there. Okay, next call. Well, let's move on to questions. Qu- let's move on to questions. Let's move on to questions. We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A you little are. bit. You are. 
They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is, every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, medium time, first time. Um, so I started watching The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that it co-stars Raul Coley. Um, and I know him from the very hooey, ridiculous, but addictive show iZombie. Um, so I was really glad to see him pop up in like a really like big project like Fly Manor. Um, and I've been like scrolling Twitter and I guess now that he's on Fly Manor, like the internet has discovered him and is like totally thirsting after him, which I'm like, way to go. I, you know, started thirsting after him when he was on iZombie. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great that he kind of, like, went from being, you know, the sidekick on a, like, show about zombies that solve murders um, to being on, like, a cool Netflix show. Um, and I'd love to hear your take on him and how the internet is reacting to him. Also, I, I guess I would say that Victoria Pedretti was the breakout who of Haunting of Hill House, but Raul Coley is the breakout who of Fly Manor. Crunch, crunch. Women don't belong in balloons. The internet boyfriend cycle is so much it's so much faster these days. Like mm -hmm. it used to be like we would have to deal with Tom Hiddleston for like months at a time, <laughs> almost a year of our time of that kind of cycle. And now it feels like the hottie of the week or something. You know what I mean? And also yeah. these Netflix shows like they burn hot and fast. Like we have another call today about a different Netflix show. I just with feel hotties like of the week. It, it feels very much like everyone's focused on one show for such a small amount of time and we're all talking about it and we're like, oh, XYZ is the next whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it it burns hot and fast and then it's done. Not that I don't think this guy is obviously like has a future, but it's just very interesting the internet boyfriend cycle we have is just very right now so fast yeah. you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of turnover that's why i wanted to play this call because number one we're going to get into a version of this later on with another call but it's like this guy he has been on the come up for a long time as the caller said because of iZombie and he was a doctor and that he was a sidekick i didn't watch iZombie you watched iZombie 
I did. I thought it was so cute. I think I watched like the first two seasons. Everyone and he was very good in that. And honestly, nobody was really a standout in that show, but he was good. And then mm-hmm. in this one, which also I really didn't like. He's actually the hottie. A few episodes of he's by far the standout hottie in Bly Manor. And Bly Manor is not even, sorry, not even that good. So it's like if you watched it all the way through, it's like significant how good mm-hmm. he is. But it seems like he would have been the standout even if this was his first thing because in the queen's gambit which we're going to talk about in a second there are a lot of people who have never been in things before and they might get like the hottie of the week treatment but this guy it's kind of a different situation because he's sort of been the low-key internet boyfriend since i zombie for a few years if you watch that you would have that reaction to him and this is just sort of like taking it into overdrive it's a real like i zombie fandom i would say is like pretty nerdy like not a lot of people Mm -hmm. watch that show it's got like it's a monster show so you've got like a very specific type of fandom so i'm saying like i'm saying more so that it's like the pride that you feel in having known him from iZombie is like a whole subculture of people who are like, we knew this guy already, whatever. And now that mm-hmm. he's having like his next level of like, honestly kind of playing a similar type of role, like the side kicky type role, which is what he's playing again in Blind Manor, but more of a breakthrough because it's on Netflix and people are like, more people are watching it. Because it's on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I know. Which is frustrating. He's getting a lot of coverage specifically for his mustache in Bly Manor because everyone's like, what a sexy mustache. It's very It is a sexy mustache. He's really hot in this show. I mean, this show has, it's got ghosts, it's got children, it's got, you know, mystery. But then it's just got this hot, yeah, it's got gay romance. But then mostly what's the most important is got this hot guy with a mustache. So if you're, so this show has to be really something not special where the hot guy with the mustache is like the most exciting thing about this show. I'm sorry. I just really did not like it. I know people liked it, but. I'm going to, I'm still going to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. There's just been so much television to watch lately, which again, we'll get into. So yeah, it's kind of a gambit, right? We're all, it's kind of a big gambit for everyone. We're all taking a lot of gambit. So this line was really funny to me. It says, Coley's real dream, he jokes, is simple. He just wants to be breathlessly covered by the tabloids and the way the pussy posse was in the 90s quote just once like hollywood's bad boy rahul Kohli, seen stumbling out of xyz he's expressed his desire to castmates and fans so often that hollywood's bad boy has caught on as a real nickname i want that for him too oh my god finally a star aligned with our interests i would love for him to be in tabloids maybe he should like show off his slim pins or date you know ashley olsen or something like I... i could if he wants to call us we could certainly get him in tabloids he just needs to ask us how to do it we would know He's also like, if you notice, you know, you kind of notice people whenever you scroll from bottom up on the Instagram feed and you see someone sort of like embrace their hotness oh, from bottom up. Oh, like you went back in time. You went back like, in time you go for back him in time, and you're and like seeing like him getting hot. A normie cutie. And then yeah. like suddenly he's at the gym more, like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy knows something. I also do like that. He's like, no, I want to be famous. Like mm-hmm. most guys, you know, it's like he's like, it's no, a joke, I really, but it's also I want to be famous. No, but like you wouldn't say that unless you really had a be- had, you know, felt it, felt it. But he's also like a very nerdy guy. That's part of his brand. If you look at all the stuff, it's like, I love Star Wars. It's the reason I'm in acting because I watched the first three Star Wars movies and it made me fall in love. And like, all I want to do is be in a Star Wars movie. I game. I'm on Twitch. I show up on this YouTube series about video games sometimes. His girlfriend twitches too. He has a girlfriend named. So here we go. Listen to this. So yes, Bobby really sleuthed out a girlfriend in this story. Yes, he has a girlfriend. The girlfriend's name is... Yasmin Malloy, Yasmin Malloy, Las- Yasmin Malloy. Uh huh. 
Every website that talks about her, it's like, they're very private. They don't post a lot of photos together. They're very private. I think mostly it's just like, they're not very famous. So why would they? But she was easy to find. It was like very easy to find her Instagram account. She goes by at Pretty Curls on Instagram. She has like 14,000 uh-huh. followers. When I log pretty on, very curls. Impor- Pretty Curls. Very important. She does. She's just Pretty Curls. It's very important whenever you're doing, or by you, I mean, Lindsay and I, we're doing Instagram research to be logged in on the Who Weekly account because especially Lindsay does a very good job of following as many people as possible. And then you get the followed by thing based follow on the people who's. you follow. So I see who the Who's are following. You can see who the Who's are following exactly in your mutuals. And I go into Pretty Curls. I'm scrolling through whenever she has pretty curls she really does have pretty curls and then i look down beneath her twitch link twitch.tv slash the curly malloy followed by am i'm am yamali yamali and i'm like what and is like, yamali? Who's yamali yamali and i'm like what is yamali and i click on yamali and i realize it's not yamali it's i am ally it's fucking ally and aj and i'm like oh Yamali loves pretty curls, I guess, for some reason. No, they don't just like pretty curls and like follow them for curl news. <laughs> On Yasmin's birthday, Yamali posted a photo of them together and was like, shout out to my dear friend, my London friend, Yamali. I mean, pretty curls. And it's like, they're very close. These women are really good friends with her because Rahul was on iZombie along with one of the Mashalkas. Which one? Ali. And so when you befriend one of them, you, free, you, you befriend, befriend both, both of them. them. So you're saying that Allie and AJ are not only close friends with Saoirse Ronan, but they're close friends with Pretty Curls, a.k.a. Rahul's girlfriend. Rahul's girlfriend. Rahul Kohli is one of the best friends of Allie and AJ. Wow. There's so many photos of them. That is full circle in a disturbing way. But we're back to Allie and AJ, who are, to quote our caller, iconic. Maybe I'm starting are. to believe it. I'm starting to believe. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to get um, Stockholm syndrome into believing these girls are something special, and maybe <laughs> they are. Maybe they are. Julianne Huff and Brooks Lech just filed for divorce. Yeah, that's the call. And yes, they did. And guess when they filed for divorce? When? Monday. Election day. Uh, I think it was the day before election day, but it was definitely definitely calculated election day was a fantastic day to announce your divorce or file for divorce it happened three times of that i saw that of notable one was brooks lich and Juliana huff finally mm-hmm. threw in the towel i thought they were going to get back together me too they the tabloids were convinced that they were going to get back together those two the minute they were spotted near each other again they were like oh these two are reconciling um i thought the same else? thing um, Erica Jane from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is divorcing mm-hmm. her very, very old husband. Not, I mean, I mean, I mean that in like that's like part of the plot line of their relationship. If you mm-hmm. watch the show, they've and, been together for twenty years, twenty-one years, right? And uh, Christina Anstead, who was formerly married to Tariq Al Musa, bad vibes, uh, got remarried to this guy and Anstead, and now they are getting a divorce after two years of being married. And then her name is going to go back to what Christina, was it? Christina. We don't even know her. Her Hawk, name is going to go back to Christina Hawk, which we don't even know. We've never known this woman's maiden name because she was El Musa and then she was Anstead to us in terms of. I think what she needs to do, she needs to become an anonymous. Christina. There's already plenty of Christinas, but like she should just go for it. She could just be the HGTV Christina. Well, she's Christina on the coast. Which is like, if you watch the show, Christina on the Coast, she's Christina on the Coast. What if she just changes her last name to on the coast? <laughs> yeah. 
because she's Christina on the ghost. Yeah. And so Julian Huff and Brooks, like they really tried to tell us these two were going to get back together post coronavirus or whatever. They just needed time apart. She was living in L.A. doing whatever, whatever her, her breathing exercises. And he was living like in their house in like Montana, like lugging wood around or whatever he does, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. manly stuff, manly, very stuff. manly stuff. Then they were spotted back together in uh, L.A. And they were, and the tabloids were like, they're reconciling. They're going to be together. Dada, she realized what she, you know, that she loved him. But no, not the, tr- no, no. This line really stuck with me. So when people reported this, they got an exclusive interview with an anonymous source, Classic. Oh, And it course. says. The most reliable they were, kind. I love him. I love him. They were trying to work on things, but Julianne realized she's happier having her freedom. Brooks tried to give it to her, but he also hit his limit. If you read between the lines there, that's like some pointed kind of like nasty stuff. Like things seem sort of messy. The other divorces that we mentioned, like Christina and Aunt just divorced. They were like, it's all love, whatever. Even Erica Jane and what's his name were like, we grew apart. It's been 21 years. We're going to move on to different things. This is like, there's something intense here. Maybe her career took off in a different way that she didn't expect when she first got together with him and was like, I want to do family thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe this like Oprah connection, the, the... whatever the breathing thing that she's doing kinergy or whatever is like she's like well that's my focus i'm going to become you know next level da 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 i just feel like maybe that happened and he was like sure go do your thing and then yeah. was like but actually like i don't have a wife anymore like where's my wife in a way maybe he's he like, more of a like traditional shopping. dude than we thought i don't know anything about him aside from his name and occupation hey um what? Why is everyone talking about the the Queen's Gambit? And also, who is the girl in the Queen's Gambit? And also, is she a girl? Is she twelve or is she thirty? I can't. I really can't tell. Um, crunch, crunch. <laughs> Stay inside. It's a crazy time. Okay, I'll bite, Bobby. Who You'll is bite? the Queen, and what is her Gambit? Having finished the Queen's Gambit, which honestly starts great, and then by the end you're like, get to the gambit i want to stop watching this i want to stop watching this. i haven't watched it yet i want to drag it out as long as possible it's seven episodes while people are like oh the queen's gambit you know i want to see all the memes until i before i dig in it doesn't sound like this caller has watched the queen's gambit but it's on netflix by the way another fucking netflix show yeah the point that they are making about like what age is is this queen is really funny because throughout the whole show I had a really hard time. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I was like not looking at the screen when it would say what year it was. But I had a really hard time following like the exact year that I was in and how old Anya Taylor-Joy was because she looks young. When she gets to the orphanage, she's played by a younger actor who's playing like an 11 year old. But then then it shows after a couple years at the orphanage in the first episode, she grows up into being like a 13, 14, 15 year old. And then when she gets adopted. Anya Taylor-Joy. When she gets adopted, there's a line where it's like, and how old is the girl? And she's like, oh, I'm fifth. And then the headmistress is like, eh. and she's like, 13. And so it's like, okay, so she's aged herself down. Her parents think she's two years younger. What age is she in high school? The timeline's a little a strange and it's hard to keep. And then halfway through the show, whenever she's like a, a world famous chess player, you're like, are you 18? Are you 21? Are you 25? I have no idea how old you are. It seems like it doesn't matter as much. It doesn't really matter. I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I feel like she is 
one of those Vanity Fair list up and coming actresses mm-hmm. for the past five years. She's been mm-hmm. in, she was in The Vitch, The Vitch, The Witch, The Vitch, which, The Vitch, um, which is fantastic. And she was also in one of my favorite remakes of this year, uh-huh. Emma Period, Emma Period, okay, Emma, the period piece. She was Emma. She was yeah. really good in that. And she's really interesting looking. And I think she has been someone that. She's the person that is having the career that everyone said like Lily Collins would have. Do you know what I mean? Like she's the real Lily Collins. Let's be real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is that weird? Like, I like, think that makes sense. I mean, she yeah. has she has the career that like any sort of like it yes. girl wants. Whenever a magazine tries to convince you that someone is the new it girl, but they're not quite right. Like this is the this is the career that they want you to believe that someone has. She's like actually on a prestige come up. Yeah. You know, and she's on the Netflix show that's not embarrassing. Like, it's not Emily in Paris. It's the Queen's Gambit. It's like a, right. it's a, it has the same kind of, you know, excitement around it, but it's like actually a good show and she's doing a good job in it. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why Darren Starr had to change the name because originally he called the show Emily's Gambit. Right. They, yeah, that was originally. They were like, oh, but it wasn't, wasn't in we French, so it was Amelie's Gambit. So The Queen's Gambit is a who to me because it is as a show and as a chess move. It's also based on a novel that was published in the 80s. I would call the novel like a prestige who. But yeah, the chess move itself, I would call the chess move a them in chess. A chess a chess move them. But it's a real world who. I looked up The Queen's Gambit and it's like confusing because I don't play chess. <laughs> this is from... The Chess website, which is thechesswebsite.com. Thanks. And it says, The Queen's Gambit is probably the most popular gambit, which is true. Although most gambits are said to be unsound against perfect play, The Queen's Gambit is said to be the exception. The The objective of The Queen's Gambit is to temporarily sacrifice a pawn to gain control of the center of the board. Okay. Okay. See, none of that really helps me. What does that have to do with the Queen, though? (laughs) You know what? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. And I don't know chess. So the, you haven't watched The Queen's Gambit yet, have you? No, but is it like sexy chess? Like, is that what we're talking well, it about says it's here? Ch- it's like it starts as one thing and then it's like, no. It, it, it In my opinion, it, it wears out its welcome. Like, by the end of it, you're like, okay, whatever. But yeah, it's sexy chess because she's like, she becomes an addict in the orphanage addicted to tranquilizers. And so um, when she is on alcohol and her trankies she can like zone out and really get good at chess. And then she looks at the ceiling and then plays chess on the ceiling, which is why you saw that Adam Musa tweet about chessboard on the ceiling instead of mirror on the ceiling. A la Lady yeah, Gaga. I didn't get that. Hey, I yo, didn't get yeah. that. But you because got that on a deeper when she meaning. Gets, when she gets stoned and gets in bed, then she looks up at the ceiling and then she plays chess on the ceiling. <laughs> got <laughs> it. Because her trankies it, are like, she, her, she like, her she gets keys. fucked up on tranks and she she's gets, like, whoa, playing chess. She, yeah. She gets fucked up on on tranks. The Queen's Gambit, whatever. Okay, so let's go through all the people on the Queen's Gambit. Anya oh, Taylor Joy is we a who. Have to? Will okay, soon yeah. be a them, probably. Her next yeah. big thing is going to be the Mad Max origin story in which she plays young Charlize Theron. Oh, young that's Furiosa. amazing casting. We right. love huh. that. Psyched for that. And I think it's that. going to be uh, George Miller again, so it's going to be good, presumably. Huge. huge she for used us. to be engaged to this like Irish actor who was a model like an Abercrombie model in his youth but now he's a little older and they were engaged and they've since broke up now she's dating someone who's literally no one his name literally is... no one he's a non-famous he's a he's non-famo a named Ben Seed ben, ben Seed Seed he's a civilian he's no one He's absolutely no one. If he's someone he's no or if you're Ben girl. Seed, let me he's... know. I couldn't find... He's no. Okay. He's not friends with Ali. If Ages. you're listening to this and you're Ben Seed, you just give us a call. Let's just get us some get us some facts. Give us five mm-hmm. things to know about you or something. Mm-hmm. We need it. Next up is her coach slash pseudo love interest, Thomas Brody Sangster, a.k.a. 
Sam from Love Actually. No way. This kid, the kid from Love Actually. So I feel like he's getting the most attention, but it's mostly just like, I can't believe that this guy is Sam from Love Actually. Those stories, I am sick of seeing those stories everywhere because are you out of your mind? He still looks the same. In what <laughs> world is it surprising that he is Sam from Love Actually? When you look at him, it's like Sam from Love Actually. Okay, but it is surprising that the kid from Love Actually is working. Let's be real. Like... He, that's crazy. He's working. He's never stopped working. He was on Game of Thrones. This is very, this is very Game of Thrones to me where people pop up in Game of Thrones and you're like, oh, that kid. It's like a very British-y. Yeah, the British, that's him. He the was British on Game of Thrones. A, oh, he's on Game of Thrones too? Okay, so it literally yes. is. I literally have read literally this article this. where it's like, Sam from Love Actually is on Game of Thrones. And you're like, <laughs> okay, fine. That's him. Who's his dad in Love Actually? Liam Neeson? Yeah, Liam Neeson's his, uh, yeah. his stepdad. Nice. His stepdad. All right. His yeah. mom's dead. Right. But no, his, I new, his new mommy's going to be Christy Brinkley. His new mommy's going to be... Right. Yes, no, I've, seen, I've seen, seen Love Actually. Yeah, okay, sure. I've seen Love Actually. Okay. Yeah, I have. Next up, we have Harry Melling, who was Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter. Incredible. These British people, they just get away Everywhere. with murder. Speaking they get to of... grow up, be sexy, and be in other stuff. Crazy. Also had Liam Neeson as a daddy figure in Buster Scruggs. Only Liam Neeson kills him at the end of Buster Scruggs. Okay, that's so, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. He's a quadriplegic who performs Shakespeare. No, Have I remember when Scruggs? that came out and we got the same thing, which was that Dudley Dursley is in this in this new movie and he's good. You know, yeah, and he's good. When he's he got cute. hot, when he got older, he grew up. They said, oh, Dudley Dursley's hot now. Yeah, it was yeah. a big thing. Yeah. But yeah, okay. he, he's a uh, he's a big Harry Potter fans like I've been tracking his ascent, mm -hmm. you know. Slow and steady. And then we have Bill Camp, who's the janitor who teaches her how to play chess at the orphanage. He's in okay, everything. Google this yeah. guy's face. He's in everything. Okay. Like, All you right. look at him and you're like, this guy's definitely a theater actor. He is definitely he is. a theater actor. Is and he guess British, who his... too? Oh, yes, he's British. Yeah, and guess who his wife is? Elizabeth Marvel. Who's that again? That actress. Look her up. She's in everything. She's very, like, theater. She's characterized. She's, uh, she's right. on House of Cards. I'll take Netflix loves it. this woman. Netflix yeah. loves this woman. The stage loves this woman. Bill right. Camp loves this woman. Okay. Next uh -huh. up, you have this guy. So this guy, I think, might be the internet boyfriend of this because uh -huh. he's seriously brand new. Right. TBD on it. And he has, like, 6,000 Instagram followers. Jacob Fortune Lloyd. His name is Towns in it. That's a gorgeous name, by That's the way. It's a gorgeous Jacob name. He just Fortune sounds Lloyd. so British. Just yeah. so British. He could Jacob speak Italian. Fortune he could speak He could speak French. But he plays an American. He was also in Rise of the Skywalker, not much else, but I think he's on track to be like internet boyfriendy material. And whatever. he's got that he's got that typical British background, which is like Shakespeare shit. Like yes, a ton of Shakespeare. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then you have the two people who I think are, I think, the standouts of the show if you're not talking about Anya Taylor-Joy. Because these other men, like, I don't really care about. These right. two women who are sort of have smaller roles, one in particular, very small, too small. A lot of people have problems with how small this one woman's role is. Her name is Moses Ingram, and she is Jolene in The Queen's Gambit, who mm -hmm. is Anya Taylor-Joy's, like, best friend at the orphanage. Mm -hmm. And it's this, like, she's like this black girl who lives in the orphanage and had been there before and uh -huh. doesn't get adopted like she's there when Anya gets there and she's there when Anya leaves. Uh-huh. She's sort of like the cool girl who like befriends her immediately. So she shows up at the in the final episode and is just sort of like, I'm here to save you because she sinks into addiction. And it's this like kind of annoying little device where it's like I can't really talk about it without it being a big spoiler because it is kind of a big spoiler. I won't talk about it, but it's frustrating. Google it afterwards, you will see why people are upset with it. It makes perfect sense and it's very very frustrating what they do with this character 
Point is, Google this woman, Moses Ingram, she's brand new. She just graduated from Yale School of Drama. So she's like... She's fresh. Yeah. And she's like very castable. I get that. And the reason I think we're going to be hearing about her is because her next thing, she's going to be in Macbeth, the the Coen brothers Macbeth. Right. Which is very exciting because this is is like a really huge thing that's coming for people who give a shit about it. It's like the Denzel Macbeth. The Denzel like, Francis McDormand Macbeth, which is right. huge. And so right. I think that this is going to be, this is going to be the thing that gets Wait, her like Wait, so the is interviews. Harry Melling. He's Malcolm. So is Harry Melling. Yep. Wow. These British people, they get around. And mm-hmm. so is iconically Sean Patrick Thomas of Save iconically. the Last Dance. Who's playing Monteith. Monteith. wait to see him. She's playing Lady Macduff. Her who follows on our Instagram yeah, are Jeremy O'Harris. Yeah. Jeremy O'Harris and Brandon of course, Flynn. Because <laughs> he has good taste. And Brandon well, Also Flynn. Yale. The Yale AKA Sam well. Smith's ex. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sam Smith's ex. Okay, last Oh, yeah, person. he went to Yale too. Right, Yale's... Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah. The star is Marielle Heller. Right. Who plays her adopted mother. She's literally a triple threat. I don't know what the third one is, but we're calling her a triple threat. Acting, directing, uh, writing. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, she's a triple threat. Yeah. Marielle Heller, who literally just was in the Oscar realm with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers biopic that had that was way better than it had any right to be. Mm-hmm. And the year before with Can You Ever Forgive Me, which should have which was kind of robbed of its Oscar. It mm-hmm. should have won more Oscars, which was a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. And she directed the play adaptation of What the Constitution Means to Me, which was a fantastic play. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm not oh, sure yeah. it's as good as like a as like a watch as it was to be performed live as most plays tend to be but mm-hmm. i it's very it's very very good so yeah. if it's worth a shot to watch anyway that's the queen's gambit it's a gambit worth taking i suppose i i mean i don't think i even if i don't end up watching it i love this run of of brit who's and mariel heller you know like i love the <laughs> yeah i love the run of who we got from this but if i had to guess anya taylor joy will be a them bill camp will never be a them this love actually kid will never be a them, but will be will act for a long, long, long time. Are you going to go through each person in this? Okay. I think that Mariel Heller will. It, the best is yet to come for Mariel Heller, and Moses Ingram is going to have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of coverage because of the Macbeth movie. Uh huh. No All one right. else. I don't really see it. I don't really All see right. it. That's why. Right. Those are my thoughts. Those are my predictions. Okay. I'm ready. Follow sure. up in ten months, twelve months. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Ask him in a year. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of C B D, a little bit of C B distillery, that's getting me goes a long that's way. getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love C B distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two 
2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, did Meals on Wheels break the news about Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson getting married? Um, please let us know. Thank you. Yes, if you're a couple that no one likes, what you do now is you break, you have your charity partner announce your marriage. This or has baby. happened now. This has happened now multiple times. I'm trying to think of the other examples. But well, Katy Perry and now. Orlando Bloom announced their baby yes. via UNICEF, I think. Yes, because she's a UNICEF ambassador. Uh-huh. And I didn't know that these two were involved with Meals on Wheels, which is, it's great that they are. It's a good charity, but it's almost like, for these two, it feels very much like let's be as far removed from this announcement because everyone, we know that we're a big groan for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know? We want to tell everyone, but we don't want to deal with people making fun of us. So let's shield ourselves from negative comments by aligning with something that no one can make fun of. Yeah. Right. And of course, according to TMZ, within 24 hours, Meals on Wheels got $10,000 in donations. Fantastic. And then it says, plus, the wedding post had nearly 10 times more likes than Meals on Wheels' previous top post. Fuck that. Come on. Okay, great. They got a social boost from posting a picture of the Staten Island Ferry. But I'm just, (laughs) it's obviously the donations are good and the press is good, but it's just such a funny thing. It's such a funny new thing that's happening that we're seeing, you know? Yeah. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, Medium time, medium time. Um, I keep seeing ads on Instagram for Dulé Hill. I have no idea who it is, but he's promoting his cameo. Anyway, just need you to talk about that and who is Dulé Hill. Crunch, crunch. So we haven't talked about cameo in a while, and this really sort of shook me in a good way so Dooley Hill who's Dooley Hill he's a who he's a character actor he was on the West Wing forever he was on Psych forever Psych was one of those like USA shows that ran for your entire life and you just like never knew about it and you had like oh, two I friends that were it. like but you know like USA is very much the channel where it's like you you have two friends that are like you don't watch Real Pains you don't watch Psych it's, well, the it's best like show. I it's like oh I took too much cough medication and I watched all of Psych and it's like mm-hmm. oh okay like that's fine you know like actually it's white like color is amazing dream. it's a fever dream yeah oh actually yeah it's all these shows like franklin and bash jk not that show but like of monk the world is like who is prince harry marrying and then your two friends are like i've watched suits since 1982 right but the point is Dooley hill is like one of the very lucky tv actors who has appeared as an iconic character on not one but two very long-running television shows one being okay. the west wing one being like Okay. And so he, there's clearly demand for him to be on Cameo. I hadn't seen his Cameo before. He's a perfect Cameo candidate because he is very specific. And so when you're looking for a Cameo for someone and you think, oh, they love the West Wing, they're a big West Wing mm-hmm. head, he's a perfect surprise because you're not going to get the big guys on the West Wing. You're going to get yeah. the, the small guys, but the guys who made an impact to a person who watched every single episode of the West Wing, you know? Totally. So I was looking at his cameo and it's it's the way the caller described it. It's like he's he has some promoted posts on Instagram that promote his cameo. He's a lot of followers yeah. on wow, Instagram. Wow, that's smart. Makes sense. So I go to his cameo and I'm just like, 
Okay, and it's just him and his car, him and his front yard. And Cameo is not just whose anymore. Cameo has really no. blown up since we kind of like made fun of it back in the day. I mean, it it is like a, it's a real. It is an, it is an income stream. It is a real significant income stream. It can be a real, if you work at it, it can be an income stream. And the, also the other thing I think is that while there are thems on Cameo, the best Cameos still come from who's. Like that's mm-hmm. what the point you're trying to, you're eventually going to go, yeah. you're eventually going to make. But it's like, Cameo really should not let thems on. It should really only be who's because thems mm. don't really have time or and they really don't understand. I can't grasp why this is important. The who's understand fully why cameo is important and why it's mm-hmm. good and why you want to work at it. Okay, sorry, yeah. back to you. Before I tell you how much it costs, I'm just sort of looking at other people who are new and noteworthy on the service. And you have like Javicia Leslie, who's the new Batwoman. She's a hundred dollars. You have some rugby players who are 75. You have Kathy Hilton just joined. She's $75. She just joined Beverly Hills uh-huh. Housewives, Beverly Hills too. Yeah. Mark McGrath, $85. Ernie mm-hmm. Hudson from Ghostbusters, $135. Okay. How yeah. much does Dulé Hill charge? $235. That's and I expensive. Was like, considering. I was like, that's a lot of money for this TV actor who's both, neither of his shows are on the air anymore. And I watched some of the ones that are kind of available to just like watch on his profile. And then I noticed after a while that he just was still talking. And I was like, Wait, so how he's, long is this? he's, these are quality cameos. Is what oh you're my saying. God. I down, I downloaded short a films. lot of them. Yes. To check the lengths. They are anywhere from like two to eight minutes long. And typically they veer on the longer side. So you're saying people are getting their money's worth. People, people are, getting are getting their, their money's, money's worth. worth. Mm-hmm. Let me play a clip of where. <laughs> I'm going to edit together one of these videos because it's just like, oh, you talked about how much you like West Wing. And he goes on a like five minute long, I'm telling you, five minute long monologue about how great it was to work with Martin Sheen. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, West Wing is a job that has stayed with me for my entire life since then. And uh, it can, it's a gift that continues to give to me even to this day. I mean, I working with Martin was phenomenal. I mean, I just, you know, finished acting school maybe a few years before that. And to be able to now I have to take everything that I learned studying with Bill Esper there in New York to now come onto this TV show and act, act opposite Martin Sheen every day was, I mean, it was invaluable. Not only learning as the actor what to do, but also as just a human being of how to handle this business, how to, I guess, uh, set my mind and where I was going to put my focus on in terms of who I wanted to be in this business. Martin is such a genuinely humble a caring person, that he cares about humanity, that cares about his fellow man, he cares about his neighbors. I mean, to be able to do a scene with Martin Sheen and then go do a scene with Alice and Janney, I mean, I was, I was, I was winning all, you know, all over the place. All the best to you. So now that I've answered your question, you know, you posed me the question and now I've answered the question. I have a question now to pose back to you. What's next? Later. And then he gives some inspirational speech about a woman's 40th birthday because uh-huh. he, as a 45-year-old, has already been through it. And he talks about uh-huh. how wonderful it is to turn 40. And I'm just like, yeah. this guy, I've never seen, maybe other people do this, I've never seen cameos that are this long and heartfelt. In one of them, he literally like goes on and on and on about how wonderful this woman named Cecilia is. And then he's like, by the way, will you marry me? I mean, congratulations. Congratulations, Cecilia, on being who you are. I mean, Cecilia, you, I mean, congratulations on your second granddaughter. Daughter. That's right. That's right. What a wonderful 
blessing that is, what a wonderful blessing they are. And they come from you, Cecilia. If you did not come into this world, they would not be here. And that's only just a little fraction of all of the magnificent things you have accomplished in this, in, you know, along this journey that you have given to those around you. It's only a, a little fraction of the, of the love that you have bestowed to all of those around you, of the, the good effects that you've had to, to, to the world around you. I mean, I got to tell you, I got a lot of love for you, Cecilia. I have a lot of love for you. I really do. I mean, you know, UCLA, you know, you used to teach and everything like that. Come on, come on, son. And I know that you love me from psych and I want you to know that I love you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You know what? You know what, Cecilia? Would you marry me? I mean, would you marry me, Cecilia? So you're saying there's like either he's incredible at like kind of monologuing mm -hmm. or he's like sketching out beforehand what he wants to say. Like he's really putting a lot of time and effort into yeah. these uh, yeah. well wishes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I did a little math. He's a perfect five-star average. And 323 people of his customers have bought them. So if we're doing the math here, it doesn't seem unreasonable to assume that he has made over $100,000 on this. Yeah, not even over the year. Where it just he, Who knows how long it's taken him to do this? Yeah, maybe it wasn't long ago. Maybe he's only incredible. been doing it for six months. Incredible. Insane. So yeah. anyway, this guy is doing it right. And I think other people can learn from him. Mm, interesting. Okay, now let's play a quick game of yes, no. Um, we have some calls that have very quick answers. Okay. Hi, Weekly. Um, is Christina Milian the one that has the cronut truck? Like, she has, like, a food truck for desserts? I don't know. I was just thinking about her because it's the holiday season-ish, and she's in two different holiday movies. Uh, crunch, crunch. Women don't belong in blues. Living. La Vida. A laptop. Bye. Correction, Christina Milian does not operate a cronut truck. She operates a beignet truck, and it's called Beignet Box. Is she still operating her food truck? Yes. 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 She's still getting headlines as recently as September in the Daily Mail for things like Christina Milian shows off her toned midriff in a white crop top and high-waisted shorts as she works at the Beignet Box pop-up truck in Los Angeles. And I wanted to say, I was on her Instagram for Beignet Box, Instagram.com slash Beignet Box. Since Catherine McPhee is canceled now, and we don't talk about her anymore. I think that we should retire Hi My Gay Boys and replace it with this. Hi, my beignet box friends. Oh, amazing. Hi, my beignet box friends. It's Hi, a little my less box catchy, friends. I have to say. It's a little less catchy, but we're going to settle because it's for, you know, it's a it's a better feel-good phrase. Hi, my beignet box friends. I got to mm -hmm. go to this truck. I got to go to this truck one day. And it's gender neutral. So appreciate that. Hi, my beignet box friends. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm calling because I want to know if Sebastian Stan and the actress who played Marianne on Normal People are dating because I saw a picture of them on Instagram, but the headline was in Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish, and I'm too lazy to look it up. So they could be dating. The, and then I looked at Sebastian Stan's Instagram, and he had a story about aliens being real. So he kind of seems like an eligible young bachelor. You know, shoot me. That would be wonderful. Okay, thank you, Crunch Crunch. Is Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones from Normal People dating? Are they dating? The answer is no. No. They no. are working on a movie together. And I think the headline you saw was they're working on a movie together because it was just announced that they're going to be in a movie. The directorial debut of music video director Mimi Cave. It's called Fresh. That's what you saw. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I just found out that Timothy Oliphant 
um, is third cousin um, with Anderson Cooper, and he's, like, technically a Vanderbilt descendant, which I had no idea. That's very shocking. Um, but my question is, do they really know each other? Like, do you think that they hang out? Do you think that they speak? That's my question. Okay. Um, Leanne Cuisine. I don't know, Bobby. Do you hang out with your third cousin? No. No. Do no. These third, do these third cousins hang out even though they're both famous? The no. answer is no. No. And the no, reason I know don't. that is because Anderson Cooper is thirsty. And honestly, so is Timothy Oliphant. If they, they hung post. out, we would know about it. We would know yeah. about it. They'd post it. Yeah. Other people would post it. We would know about it. I have no question that if they hung out with any regularity, we would know. And there'd be a BuzzFeed post about it or Pop Sugar post about it. Like, oh my God, Timothy Oliphant hung out with his third cousin, right. fellow Vanderbilt heir, Anderson Cooper, and I'm dying. I know. And also third cousin, it's just really far. That could be really far away. Like, that's a real distant relative in Isn't a way. Isn't third cousin like enough to marry? Isn't third cousin like yeah, you're like fine they could, genetically? Yeah, I think they <laughs> could have kids, these two. These two, great. Um, Let's play a quick game of Who Are Them. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I was watching Hulu and a Geico commercial came on. So then I got curious as to who has played the Geico gecko. And apparently it is some man named James Wood or Jake Wood, sorry. But it was initially played by Kelsey Grammer. So now I have to ask you a question. Is the Geico gecko a bigger who? Or them than Kelsey Grammer. Also, Kelsey Grammer, who are them? Like, who's more famous? Kelsey Grammer or the Geico Gecko? Thank you. Cheers. The God, what's, what's my sign Crunch, crunch. Okay, bye. Who's more famous, Gordon Gecko or Geico Gecko? Oh, Geico Gecko. So you're saying Geico Gecko is more famous than Gordon Gecko, but is who's more famous, Geico Gecko or Kelsey Grammer? That's tough. Geico Gecko is pretty famous. I think it's He's the Geico Gecko. I think you it's think the it's Geico Gecko? I think it's the Geico Gecko. Well, you know it's a better reputation, Geico Gecko. I know. <laughs> and not everybody's watching Fraser like you are. So are we in agreement that Geico Gecko is more, more than me? Yeah, Geico Gecko is more famous. Geico Gecko is more famous than both Gordon Gecko and Kelsey Grammer. I think Kelsey Grammer is a them. I just think that Geico Gecko is them me er. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, fine. We're in agreement. Hi, Hey Weekly. I hate myself for asking this, um, but who is funnier? NBC, Steve Karnacki, or CNN, Strong King. All right. We'll need a laptop, I guess. Who's them here? MSNBC, Steve Karnacki, or CNN's John King? I feel ill thinking about these men, but they both are extraordinarily talented, the big board men, the election big board men. They know how to touch the screen and make it zoom in and zoom out into the same small towns in Michigan for hours (laughs) at a time. I will say, though, John King can riff like no one. I mean, he is just get that guy going and he's like he's worse than Bobby telling you the plot to the Queen's Gambit. You know what I mean? Like he'll just keep going until you throw yourself against him. Um <laughs> John King, I would say, is the demier one. Just Sorry. simply because simply More because people watch he's CNN. On CNN. More people watch CNN. I think that's the only reason he's that. I gotta read you. I gotta pull up this tweet. Uh we got to pull up the, the... Should I play a clip of the tweet that 
the guy making fun of John King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a guy who's on Google Maps and he's just filming a screen he's and he's zooming, just keeps into, zooming into different things in Google Maps and he's doing an impression of John King. You're gonna zoom in. You're gonna zoom in and get up here to 9321 Triangle Circle. That's what they call it, right around Nickajack Farms. Everyone knows that Nickajack Farms has always been Kerry Trump ever since 1884 when he only won 42% of the vote. We're gonna go south. We're gonna head our way south. We're gonna zoom in a little bit. Right there, there's a green patch. We call this Elms Country Club. Back in the day, Elms Country Club is where, of course, Hamilton lost the duel with Washington. Everyone knows this is a huge Republican mainstay. We're going to back up a little bit. I Both of them are who's John King is them here. Someone made a TikTok about him and the comments are all the Gen Zers are saying, man's a unit. He didn't stop once and never ran out of content. He's <laughs> He hasn't even taken a breather. He went in on every county in the, in the country, bro. Jesus. <laughs> Your man hasn't stuttered and he's going lightning speed for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. I actually haven't watched a bit of it, so... You haven't? No, I can't deal with the television. I'll, I'll be online. I'll be on the computer, but I can't deal with watching that. Oh, there's something more soothing for me about watching in the television because they just keep saying the same things over and over again. And there's no like new opinion or new assumption. It's just like the same information. Like, and he's really good because he keeps saying, uh, he's like, you know, these are just, we're, we're just where we at. We got patience. We got to have patience. We got to have patience. We got to, you know, I'll just say it on a loop. And it's, it actually is quite calming. It was just, I didn't have the sort of gradual period where I could like ease into it on Thursday. So like I yeah, had a very good, were, I mean, Tuesday, right. I was right. good Tuesday at the polls, not thinking about it, just like talking yeah. to people, whatever, telling yeah. people where to stand. Then I yeah. get home and I was feeling good and the TV was on and I was instantly like, yeah, it was instantly so bad that I was like, I can't watch. Wait, but back to this. these two men for one second. Steve Kornacki, though, is more of the media darling because he wears khakis and he wears a tie. So he's like he's the casual MSNBC version of John King. And he's the one who got like the GQ coverage. He got like, oh, what is Steve Kornacki eating a day? Oh, Steve Kornacki. What is he? Does he like the Queen's Gambit? He got yeah. that type of coverage, you know? He's also, sorry, iconic to me because of him. That piece where he came out on in Salon and like... Oh, yeah. 2011. Yeah. He was like, uh, he came out when he was like 32. Right. Very heartwarming story to me. He's the cool guy version of John King. They're doing the same job. They're both standing in front of essentially a huge iPad, zooming in on places and telling you things. Mm -hmm. But they're doing these different versions of it, which is actually hilarious. And they only, this is their Super Bowl. You know, this right now is their Super Bowl. Got to respect it. Got to respect it. They're going to keep talking. They're still talking. They're probably talking right now. They're still talking right now. we're talking. Georgia, 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 Georgia. So um, <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly, Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on Patreon.com slash weekly for twice-weekly bonus episodes. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love those reviews. And um, have a great weekend if you can. Uh, yeah, see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hey. Hi, Who Weekly. This is literally my third attempt to make this call. Um, my dog interrupted me twice. Um, so I'm using your discussion of the um, Hui actress that played Borat's uh, daughter to pose another question that I have been asking just people that I know. I've been conducting research on the ground. Um, it's a two-part question. So, one, is Sasha Baron Cohen attractive? Like, is he hot? Do you, Lindsay and Bobby, think that he is hot? And then the second question, I guess, if if that if the answer is yes, then the second question is, is his hotness 
a who or a them. Because my theory is that people don't realize he's hot because he's Borat. <laughs> so that's my theory. I would really, really love to hear your thoughts. Um, crunch, crunch. Ooh, wow, ooh. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, so I went as Will Schuster for Halloween um, because it was the scariest thing I could think of. And my friend was on Men's Wiki and she looked up Matthew Morrison and he has a very high rating of 4.69 nice. And um, I just want to know, like, I guess are his feet them? Um, that's it. Happy Halloween. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, this isn't like news or anything, but fun distraction from life and quarantine and, uh, the election. I'm watching the results right now. I'm also very high, so sorry. Um, I think we should just talk about Wendy Williams being the lips on The Masked Singer. What a joyful moment. Please just play the clip on the episode. You don't even need to play my call. I think you should just play the clip. It's great. I just think it's so wonderful <laughs> when she goes, oh, here I go, right before she does the the run. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I need to get off the phone. Uh, yeah, Wendy Williams on The Masked Singer. Fantastic. Goodbye. Hi, I just called about the mass singer. I uh, got distracted by my pasta, so um, please ignore that call. It's very rambly. I just want to concisely request that you play the clip of the lips for the mass singer. Wendy Williams' performance was transcendent, and I think you should play it. Okay, bye. My favorite performance of the night. What in the world made you want to be the lips on The mass Singer? Well, first of all, they're fabulous. Yes, they are. I can't sing, I can't dance, but I know how to have fun. Woo! 